Hey, you are listening to Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, a podcast where I talk about my thoughts about everything Korean entertainment, including K dramas, Korean movies, Korean variety shows, K pop, and K beauty, everything under the umbrella of things. Um, also, my rants about life, pop culture, and a lot of random things. So, thank you so much for tuning in and listen on. Hey, welcome back to Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, the podcast where I talk about everything Korean entertainment, including Korean dramas, Korean movies, Korean variety shows, K pop, and Korean beauty. And I know I've been gone for the past week or so, and I didn't really show up with an episode aside from the in between episode the week before that. But I am officially back this week, and it is the eve before Christmas Eve. <laughs> it is Monday over here in my side of the world, guys, and it is Christmas this week. Actually, in a couple of days, so I am in a very jolly festive mood. Um, Christmas for me has always been like good memories, even during my childhood with Noche Buena in the Philippines and staying up late and eating a lot of food, including my mom's famous macaroni salad. And we've kind of transformed that tradition when we moved to the States with honey baked ham and turkey and all that stuff. And Um, I'm always like either in a funk because holidays can be sad and holiday blues. But also, I don't know, just this week, it's my mood has just been a little bit better. And I've just been in a festive, festive mood. Probably because I had met up with friends last week and we exchanged gifts and all that stuff. And a good friend of mine actually gave me a box of bath bombs and it's like right next to where I'm recording right now and it just smells so amazing. It's literally just like a huge box of like a bajillion bath bombs that's probably gonna last me for years to come but the smell is just making me so chill and relaxed right now that I'm not really chill. I guess I'm really hyper from how I'm talking right now but anyways um this is guys this is podcast episode 12 and yeah so we're getting there i'm we've we're in the double digits and i'm hoping to get to 20 soon uh hopefully so by next year and so on this episode i'm actually going to talk about a korean drama that i just started watching it premiered a couple weeks ago called Crash Landing on You, starring Hyun Bin and Son Yejin. I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast episode, and I'm so excited to talk to you guys about it because it's so far such a good Korean drama. I'm also going to talk about a couple of Korean dramas that are on my radar um, that I'm looking forward to watching next year when it premieres, and also I'm currently watching a few episodes right now. Um, on the K-pop side of things, we're going to talk about... Um, essentially duets uh first one is a song from zico of block b 
featuring IU, who you may have known from Hotel de Luna. She's actually a singer by trade、um, and an actor, not really on the side, but she is known mostly foremost as a singer. And also、um, a song from this duo called Bobagan 4. Um, and we're just going to talk about duets in the K pop section. So stay tuned for that. And then for K beauty, I'm, I'm actually like one of the very rare times I'm actually only talking about one thing and not talking about a lip product.、Uh, I'm going to talk about a new toner、um, that I've been trying. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how it compares to the other toners that I have talked about before. So that's a little bit overview of this podcast episode. Stay tuned and we're gonna have a fun time. Hey, welcome back. So, this is the K drama section of Peach Neon Pink Ramblings, the podcast where I talk about everything Korean entertainment throughout the podcast in my own just rambling way of talking about things. Anyways, this is the K drama section, and we're gonna talk about a Korean drama called Crash Landing on You. It is starring Hyun Bin and Son Ye Jin. A、uh, little bit of a description. This is partially from Cosmo.ph. They did an interview of the main cast、uh, and recently published it on their website. And you guys know me, I really like really well written、uh, synopsis of Korean dramas when I can't be bothered to write it myself. So, so this is from Cosmo.ph. So, credit to them.、Uh, the story begins when Yoon Seri, played by Sonia Jin, A successful businesswoman and a third generation heiress to one, of the so- on, to one of South Korea's largest conglomerates gets swept away in a freak windstorm while paragliding. Once conscious, she finds herself stuck in a tree in a forest, thankfully unharmed. She is found by a uniformed man, which is a relief to her at first until she realizes that she has actually crash landed in North Korean territory and that her rescuer, Ri Jong Hyuk, played by Hyun Bin, is a military officer of the Democratic People's Republic of Korea. This is, the o- this is only the start of the twists and turns of this unusual love story. Our characters face the biggest crises of their life, crisis of their lives, as Crash Landing on You, the Korean drama, explores the unique romance of two people destined to fall in love despite being from opposite nations the trial, and the trials that come with it. Complications come in with Gu Song Joon, played by Kim Jong Hyun, a young, rich entrepreneur from South Korea who has, turns out to be a fraud. And Seo Dan, played by Seo Ji Hae, the only daughter of the, of the owner of Pyongyang's most luxurious department store, and a high ranking military officer who is actually arranged to marry Jung Hyuk. So that was a little bit of a synopsis of the Korean drama.、Um, Crash Landing on You is also known by its, a bunch of other titles, including Emergencies Love Landing. Um, the titles are a little bit cheesy.、Uh, in Korean, it's Sarangri Bulsichak.、Uh, it is currently airing on TVN. It started、uh, a week ago ish. 
December 14th and is concurrently available、uh, with English subtitles on Netflix as one of their Netflix original series. They're really beefing up on their Korean drama selections, which I am just so happy about because it's so much easier to just, you know. Pop on Netflix on the TV or on my iPod and just watch Korean dramas with subtitles, like as they're coming out.、Um, similarly, with Vicky, I also watch a lot of my Korean dramas there,、um, but the subtitles do take quite a while,、um, sometimes a couple of days after the episodes show up on the app because. Uh, volunteer subbers are subbing it, which is a little bit different from the situation with Netflix because they are concurrently subbing it. So before they actually release the episodes, they already have English subtitles for the most part. So, yeah, this is the the, the Korean drama that reunites、um, pretty much mega hit stars Hyun Bin and Sonya Jin. Um, who previously starred together in the movie The, the Negotiation? Ugh, the Negotiation. I don't know why I can't talk. I usually, well, <laughs> I usually like talk really weird, I guess, in the podcasts.、Um, interesting fact、uh, Sonia Jin also famously had a short cameo in Hyun Bin's drama, famous, famous drama back in the day called Secret Garden.、Um, so they've worked before, but this is probably, I think, the first drama that they've actually played the, the main leads of. So,、um, a little bit more background about Crash Landing on You. It is actually written by. Park Ji Yoon, who is known for、um, series such as my very famous series, also My Love from the Star,、um, Legend of the Blue Sea.、Um, Park Ji Yoon is actually a writer, a K drama writer that's known for creating great characters and weaving relationships into a world that seems just like, but not, I would say, not quite exactly like the real world. You know, the real one where we're living in.、Um, so it's, it's slightly a little bit of the fantasy, as, as you might、uh, know from My Love from the Star. If not, Google this, the, her other、um, Korean dramas and you'll kind of get what I'm saying that a lot of her Korean dramas have a little bit of the fancy, fantasy, a little bit of it、um, in the plot line. So that,、um, and for the most part, the absurd. Absurd situations like totally work, and you you end up falling for the characters that she creates on her Korean dramas. So,、um, same thing with Crash Landing on You. It's a little bit more grounded into reality, but the way they present the locations and the scenarios are not exactly exactly super true to life, just realistic enough that you're you're gonna believe that it's a plausible story.、Um, Also, just enough that for a long time seasoned Korean drama viewer like myself, that I, it's enough of a, of a push into,、um, you get yourself lost into that world. But it's not too much of like a fantasy. It's not a historical drama either. It's not a Seiguk. It's very much, you know, set in the now.、Um, But also, it's not exactly what you would say, like a slice of life. It's, it's a heightened, a little bit of a heightened version of reality,、um, I would say. So,、um, yeah, definitely it's a good escape、uh, for any Korean drama lovers like me.、Um, 
so yeah. <laughs> this is a Korean drama that's actually filmed in Mongolia and Switzerland. Um, oh my gosh, guys. Oh my gosh. This drama has the oh my god so freaking pretty so freaking beautiful um the cinematography is filled with lush forests depicting um like the uninhabited jungles in north korea as well as their quiet simple small towns and then there is just that main setting of the first few episodes at least the episodes so far that have premiered and i have watched um, and it's it's a contrast to the more concrete cityscapes of Pyongyang, which is like the capital of North Korea. And then there's another alternate contrast in which while Pyongyang looks like it, the scene itself, like the people's clothes, um, how the society works and just like the buildings, the cars, um culturally it looks like it hasn't really modernized past the 1970s um pyongyang and this korean drama like i said they depict north korea probably not like how it's it really is in real life i don't know i've never been to north korea myself i've been to seoul in south korea but i've never been to north korea and i i feel like the, how they have depicted this um version of north korea is a little bit slightly more romanticized um there is this like lingering mix of like retroish nostalgia with hints of more modern sensibilities like i said a lot of like the imagery uh when it's set in pyongyang looks like it's from the 70s or the 80s um more the clothes are more like retro even though it's set in current times, um, the more modern sen sensibilities, like there's like there's actually like expensive cars and like more modern cars, um, like there's a Jaguar that like a general like drives around, and in contrast, there's like modern cars afforded only to the rich and the military elite, but there is actually this quite funny like. Um, scene in one of the episodes that there's all these like expensive cars that are like owned by the rich people or like the upper echelons in North Korea and then there's like people who literally steal the windshield wipers and um, there's a whole bit in where like the driver for one of the, the characters goes like I'm sorry sir like I forgot I was in such a hurry to pick you up from the airport that I actually forgot to remove the windshield wipers and it's prob it probably got stolen by the thieves and even though you see that the that area in Pyongyang is like where all like the rich or richer people in North Korea lives there's still that hint of poverty and like the, the difference in the socioeconomic status pretty much um the, pyongyang is pretty much in contrast to the small town where most of the plot occurs but also in contrast more towards to seoul and south korea in terms of like technology and capitalism there's a whole montage in one of the episodes where you see even the rich uh richer society in pyongyang um, they do have like smartphones, but their internet use is pretty much 
um, limited to like a very more archaic version of like Google Maps or something or Naver. Um, Naver, I don't know what the map system is called in Kakao Maps, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but it's like a more um, kind of like a, a map that you would see on a smartphone, but it was like designed in like the 90s um but that's how and there's also a whole scene in where the main leads talk about she talks about like oh i don't want to uh, i don't want to tell you my name because you might look me up on the internet and he goes like we don't have internet here so <laughs> and then um using rotor um like old phones like corded phones and there's also a whole scene about how um they're not allowed to use like even the richer people in Pyongyang uh, or in North Korea actually can only use their like phones in the capital or something like that. So there's that there there is a lot of contrast in this drama and it's just so beautiful because actually when I say that they portrayed North Korea as a more romanticized version uh, like I said, I'm not too sure since I've never been there physically myself, but I feel like they portrayed it like not as harsh as it would be in real life. Um, after all, it is a drama. So <laughs> it I actually appreciated all the fashion that they had in Pyongyang because it was such a beautiful mix of like vintage um like 70s, 80s, but with a little bit of a modern look. Uh with like more culturally like uh appropriate clothing with their handbooks and everything and it's just actually um i appreciated the fact that they didn't depict north korea as a place that was just gray and devoid of color because the the forests were so green and lush and then the colors of the clothing of everybody in pyongyang and even in the small town are still so colorful and just beautiful. It's just it just appears like it has been partially stuck in a different like decade. Um and when you see it in contrast when it switch when it shifts over to the scene set in in Seoul, it's just so different because Seoul is just so modern with its all its technology, with its LED like billboards and everything and the whole capitalism. So it's just in immediately when you're watching the drama, there is no point that you're like um that you get confused whether that specific scene is being said it's said in North Korea or in South Korea because you can tell the stark differences between them. Um, let's talk about the main characters and main, main leads in this drama. Um, like I said, uh, the main leads in this drama are veteran K-drama like actors. Uh, the main lead is Hyun Bin, who we last actually saw in Memories of Alhambra, which is actually also available on Netflix. That's subtitled. He plays Captain Ree Jung-hyuk who leads the loyal band of soldiers who are about to finish their assigned post at the DMZ. Um, initially, he does appear to be very cold and reticent. He's that, he's kind of like that, well, that stereotypical K-drama male lead that's a sundere, that's like has a cold exterior, but is actually quite, you know, caring and soft on the inside. Um, so like... Uh, most Sundere characters in Korean dramas, um, 
as the episodes progress, we see that he does have this genuine caring side of him. Um, you you already see even during the first uh, couple episodes that he is um, a man of principle. He is a fair leader in his squadron, um, in his battalion. He is a captain that values his men um, and their hard work. Um, they I watched a few episodes, uh, not episodes, um, interviews of the cast. Um, in preparation for this podcast. And Hyunbin himself in the interviews talked about how he bulked up physically, like muscle-wise. Um, I remember seeing him in Memories of Alhambra and he lo- looks a little bit slimmer, a little bit more gaunt um, just because of the character in that drama. Um, so he bulked up so that he would look like a soldier, like an actual uh, military officer that's dependable um that is uh, a captain and how he talked a lot about how it was very important with for him as an actor to work on his north korean accent and it's something that you can definitely definitely tell um while you're watching the series the drama because there's a lot of scenes when they highlight the differences in words and just the language in general like they're both speaking like it's it's still Korean, but there's just subtle differences between a North Korean speaking in like their language and a South Korean speaking their language. So um, I think I might have mentioned this in the past um, podcast episode when I kind of briefly hinted about um, Crash Landing on You when it hasn't premiered yet. But I genuinely, genuinely am a huge fan of Hyun Bin. Um, even my most favorite drama of his was My Name is Kim Samsoon way back in the early 2000s. And um, he was also in Secret Garden with Ha Ji Won and uh, more recently, like I said, in Memories of Alhambra. But he is one of those Korean drama actors for me that is just quintessential rom-com, like romantic drama lead. Like, um, I feel like... Hyun Bin does so well when he's given an opportunity to show his romantic, charming side. Um, he actually does great also. Like in Memories of Alhambra, he was he was quite amazing as well, even in like an action, more action-themed drama. And he does well in a melodrama as well. But the dramas that I love that Hyun Bin is leads are is when he is in a rom-com and he's turning up the charm a hundred percent and it's it's literally those type of characters and those kind of dramas that he shines so amazingly in for me um just because i've been such a long long-term fan um i'm just so happy that he is the lead on this drama because it's literally the perfect drama for him to be in um he looks amazing in a uniform. Um, I don't know. You guys might have known from the previous podcast episodes. I'm a sucker for peop- for guys like leads in suits or in uniforms. And he definitely d- looks really good in a captain's uniform. Um, and he he does well with this type of character that's a tsundere. Um, even before the younger actors these days, like, popularized the Tsundere character, it was actors like Hyun Bin that, like, 
made their made it like the mark of a uh, Korean drama. It was literally the character, the Tsundere character, and they perfected that, and that's what spurned like the Korean wave, uh, the popularity of Korean dramas, even before in the beginning, like in the beginning of the decade in the early two thousands. Um, Yunbin was one of those actors that really, really like really spearheaded that type of character. Um, I have the same, same love and affection for Hyunbin as I do with Song Joong-ki, who um, I actually ended up thinking about Song Joong-ki when I was watching Crash Landing on You because he in um, Descendants of the Sun, he also plays like a soldier. Um, similarly um, to Hyunbin's character here, like a guy in uniform, uh, initially a little bit cold, but actually has a very caring side, a more slightly playful um, side in terms of Song Joong Ki's character, Descendants of the Sun, but similar in a bit to Lee Jong Yook uh, here in Crash Landing on You. Um, but for me, like Hyun Bin, Song Joong Ki, um, Lee Dong Wook, Gong Yu, those are actors that for me as a fan are the more seasoned like slightly older actors that really had made their mark as the male lead in a romantic drama um they are you know so good like especially Yunbin, he is so good at just portraying like a subtle difference in the way he looks and the way he acts that you realize that he is slowly like or perhaps he like has actually already fallen in love with Seri, like um, Sonia Jin's character. So it's, they are just so masterful, especially Yunbin at turning on the charm and like just showing that like romantic lead like archetype. Um, and then, so <laughs> enough of me like gushing about Yunbin. Like I, I love this actor. He is definitely phenomenal. Um, I, it's this is crash landing on you is such a great follow up to Memories of Alhambra and I'm I do hope in the future that he actually does a few more like a lot more romantic like leads like roles because he doesn't do enough of them anymore. Um I feel like it, he's um kinda like I feel like he I feel like Hyunbin thinks that he has graduated from those type of roles and he's kinda just given way to like the younger actors like Jung Hae In and stuff. Uh, Chai Yun Woo, like those younger set of actors, but Hyun Bin, you need to just like do do these roles <laughs> once in a while because I love you in these roles, really seriously. Um, let's talk about Sonia Jin, uh, who was last in something in the rain. She plays Yun Seri, who is a successful, gorgeous businesswoman who built her fashion label without any help from her Chebol family. She is estranged from her controlling father and mother and her squabbling older brothers. Um, she was actually testing out a new activewear line for her label while paragliding when she gets swept into a tornado and accidentally lands on the DMC. Um, this is what I'm saying about like, it's like kind of a little bit of an absurd, absurd, absurd situation uh because who paraglides into a tornado it's kind of weird 
Um, but yeah, it's a Korean drama, so you kind of have to turn off your brain a tiny, tiny bit um, to make it seem believable. But um, Yoon Se-ri, she is seemingly confident and high class, um, and she quickly acclimates to the more simpler life in North Korea. Um, at first, right off the bat, you can see that she's quite resourceful and quick-witted, and you can understand why um, her business is quite successful. Um, I think... I really enjoyed Yoon Seri as a character because Sonia Jin is known to play a lot of, I would say, more realistic, um, serious, and more grounded roles. So um, she does tend to play uh, roles that are a little bit... I don't know. I think I'm just not familiar with her playing um, a female lead in a rom-com that much even in her long-standing career as it is um she's she's really quite known for more roles that are more melodramatic more slice of life that type of um the type of role so it's for me as uh somebody who watches korean dramas a lot it's quite refreshing to see her play uh more like pretty much a more over-the-top bubbly character um and sonia jin is just she is beautiful. She's such a gorgeous actress um, that, you know, it's so believable that she's playing this very classy character just because it's, she is class in herself. The lady walks with such a beauty and grace that it's, um, I mean, I first remember seeing her in um, A Moment to Remember, which is a very huge, famous movie she was in lovers concerto she was in the classic um she was also in two early 2000s in summer scent which is part of like um if you've been a long-term drama fan you know it from like it's the series of the season drama series um that includes like winter sonata um endless love it's it was like actually Autumn in My Heart, Winter Sonata, Summer Scent, which Sonia Jin was in, um, and Spring Waltz. So it's it was actually a whole series of Korean dramas like based in the seasons of love. But it was really famous back in the early 2000s. Like pretty much if you were into Korean dramas back then, you would have watched these Korean dramas. And they were the epitome of um, melodramas back in the day it's like tear jerkers straight through like romantic melodramas as it is so um that's that's how i kind of know um sonia jin just because she was just very well known for um for pretty much like a character that's very just like more serious and not really bubbly like how she she plays Yun Seri here of course you see that part that she's quite serious um when she's dealing with her business and with her family um but you see a lighter more bubbly version like side of her when she's uh interacting with Hyunbin's character Ri Jung Yok um and she kind of appears like just more less of a more less of a serious person and and more realistic as a cheerful kind of like somebody who's a bit quirky um and and all of that um you know she kind of reminds me of um 
another character from Park Joon's um other series called My Love from the Star. Like I mentioned, um, this is actually My Love from the Star is starring um. Jun Ji Hyun, who's a famous, famous Korean actress, and Kim So Yoon. Um, Yoon Seri, the character, really reminds me of um, Chon Song Yi, which is Jun Ji Hyun's character. That's just kind of quirky, like high class, like princess, princess type character that's a little bit like whiny um, and all of that, which is. Interesting because um, both Jun Ji Yoon and Sonia Jin are known more as film stars rather than drama stars. So, um, so yeah, <laughs> um, it's, they, it's definitely there's a lot of similarities between the two characters in that sense. Um, so, I mean, I'm excited because... Sonia Jin definitely an amazing actress, and I it's. I really believe in the potential of the drama that it's going to turn out really well. Um, the storyline uh, really does leave a lot of room for the main characters to be fleshed out and explored. Um, Ri Jung-hyuk. Ri Jung-hyuk. I think if you were in Seoul, you would pronounce it Lee Jung-hyuk. But in K- North Korea, it would be like Ri Jung-hyuk. There's just that subtle differences, I think, with the language. <laughs> but Lee Jung-yuk, like I said, played by Yun Bin, was an accomplished pianist in Europe. But when his older brother, who uh, in this drama is actually a cameo from actor Ha Suk Jin, who is in Something About 1% with Jun So Min, um, also quite a known um, uh Korean actor does like male leads in romantic dramas. Um, so his older brother mysteriously dies in a car crash um, that he ends up enlisting in the military. Um, Ri Jung-wook pretty much had a life outside of being um, part of the military in North Korea. Um, but because he is uh, the son of a high-ranking military officer, um, when his brother died, who was actually the one who was in the military, he kind of got forced into joining the military himself because he was the only surviving son. And that's just how, like, I guess the military works in North Korea. Um, <laughs> um, and the flip side, Yoon Seri, played by Sonia Jin, can easily be dismissed as that typical princess character, like I mentioned before. But um, when you see her and her interactions with her family, it really shows how much they regard her as somebody who's inferior. Um, and they don't really view her as somebody who can run the conglomerate, um, who can be an heiress to such a big chibble like company. Um, and they kind of have these hints about she might not be an ele- like a legitimate child. Um, like no one in her family li- literally treats her right. And that's where the feisty, like, side of her character comes out. Um, that's like a shrewd businesswoman. Um, and I appreciate that because it's, it's, there's so much going on with these characters that you just can't wait for the drama to, to slowly peel off those layers and unfold. Um, in, in terms of the plot line and the storyline, um, is that's one of the best type of Korean drama, um, 
storylines they can ask for because um well-written characters is what drives like a good uh romantic drama um what makes Korean dramas enjoyable to watch because you're slowly discovering aspects of each character's lives that is so interesting to watch. Um, there's definitely this um, this side of the story that is the socio-political dynamics between North and South Korea. Um, like I mentioned briefly before um, in this section, I interestingly, North Korea isn't depicted slowly, I mean, solely as like a poverty-stricken communist country like i think most of the world perceives it as and how most korean dramas show them as so um that's very interesting um and amazingly enough because they show such dynamics between north and south korea that it kind of shows that there is this strange foreignness foreignness foreign feeling between the both sides like essentially um they are both i mean they're an example of this because there's how in the first few episodes it shows how um north koreans have this fascination with uh koreans from south uh, korean dramas from south korea um and korean beauty products um and that whole part of the scenes in the first few episodes are sometimes used to highlight the fact that despite being from opposite sides of the peninsula and divided by a demilitar- DMZ, the demilitarized zone, um, Koreans in a sense, essentially like actually just say, share the same sensibilities of um, closeness with families, um, their culture in terms of separation between ranks and class, um, their economic status and it really shows like just the human side of it um that essentially even though they're divided koreans are koreans and um they still share that same um sensibilities despite slight differences between um their cultures and how it's being shown um, like I said, there's this just like strange foreignness um, that you can see both sides kind of explain. Um, this at times is played for laughs, like when um, one of Ree jung uh squadron uh, members, Kim Joo-mook, um, he's played by Yoo bin um, he has this like insane fanboy love for classic like Korean dramas. And one of the Korean dramas he actually mentions is Stairway to Heaven, which was in the early 2000s. It stars uh, Choi Ji-woo and uh, Kwon Sang-woo in 2004. Uh, very classic, well-known Korean drama. I mean, Kwon Sang-woo doesn't even do Korean dramas anymore, I think. Um, and he's, like, l- literally one of those, like, well-known um, romantic melodrama leads along with Song Seung-hyun and Bae Young-joon. Um, these guys were, like, the ones that are, like, super well-known for these, like, male brooding romantic roles. And um, Choi Ji-woo, I think, has done a drama, like... The last time she's done a drama was like probably like three or four years ago. They don't really do dramas anymore. And these are like the pillars of like Korean dramas. And in 
my from my viewpoint because that's how I discovered queer dramas from their dramas. Um, and Stairway to Heaven is definitely one of those tear jerkers that I remember watching it in such a small, like 360p pixel screen, um, waiting for it to download and like having to like time it with the subtitles that uh, you had to download separately. I think I've mentioned that in a previous podcast episode. That's how I ancient of a Korean drama fan I am. Um, but it's just so funny me, to me, this um, part, because... Um, Drew Mook, actually, uh, because he's such a fanboy for classic Korean dramas, and it's o- the only Korean dramas that they can bootleg into North Korea, I guess. Um, he ends up translating, like, the linguistic differences between North um, and the South. Like, when they talk about, like, taxis and, like, um, stuff like that, it's like he has to translate the words uh, that are used in South Korea to a North Korean speak so that the other members of the squadron can understand what they're talking about. Um, there's just a lot of little things, kind of like um, two of the high-ranking officers uh, in one scene talk about how um, d- one guy says about like he really loves like um, instant coffee, like it's like pretty much a product placement for Maxim Gold, and how he had it's like a uh, contraband that. Uh, bootlegged uh, from South Korea and this is like an actual high-ranking military officer saying it how you know he just loves um, Maxim Gold coffee which I drink myself it is really good instant coffee actually it's one of those like three-in-one coffees that are actually pretty good um, and very convenient to make so that that was hilarious to me it's like a pretty much a product placement um, there's also part where uh Jumok has to explain to um Jonghyuk what finger hearts are whereas if any other person in South Korea probably knows what finger hearts are um and then he talks about how um in Korean dramas that the leads end up uh kissing to escape a situation and it's something that actually happens in episode four um to our main leads in this Korean drama so it's so funny because this is a drama that just knows to poke fun at itself, which is great. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> um, enough of that. I want to also talk about the meet cute. Yoon Seri literally falls on Lee Jung-wook as she comes down from the tree in which her paragliding equipment gets stuck on. So um, it's literally crash landing on you. Um, there is actually a bonus scene in the first episode, uh, kind of more of an epilogue scene, in which it shows how Ri Jung Hyuk uh, actually spots um, Seri from a, f- uh, a few minutes before she was trying to, um, before she actually falls on him, um, that she it was actually trying to cheer herself up because of her situation and she doesn't know where she is and um that's the beauty of Hyun Bin's and um uh, Sonia Jin's acting because you uh Lee Jung-yuk betrays like this slight like bemused smile um very ever so slightly on Hyun Bin's face um and then just the over-the-top acting um like just him like cheering herself up that's um Sonia Jin does for Seri as a character um is that's just 
like just so cute to see and it's like such it's one of those me cutes that are just like yes you guys did it well like it's so well written it is such a good scene and i'm so thankful for the writers and the director for that um I do later find out, though, that they had actually met before in Switzerland where Sari had gone um, to pretty much end her life. Um, and she that's where she ends up learning the paraglide. So it's like a callback to the whole the whole situation that precipitates them meeting uh, in the first episode. And Jung Hyuk's actually at the same moment sees her gazing at the paragliders. Um, I think this might be they don't explicitly say it in the drama but perhaps this was actually um a throwback seven years ago um before it was probably like a flashback to seven years ago before Jung Hyuk um was forced to leave his career as a concert pianist in Europe so um we haven't really gotten a point to the episodes that are really so far that explore more of that but I'm looking forward like I said for the drama to peel back more about what's what is the background of that if they had if they had actually met in Switzerland if that was their actual first meet cute um and you know Korean dramas they love to play with the idea of destiny and fate and everything so I am all up for it I am all up for the the adventure and the journey that this uh romantic drama has in store for me um a little bit about the chemistry, I, I mentioned about it already, but there is just, oh my god, there is an undeniable explosive chemistry between, like I said, two veteran um, Korean actors um, in this series. Because um, when Yunbin brings on like the romantic male lead charm, it's like you just can't help but fall in love with him. Um, and I don't say that just because I am a huge fan as it is of him. Um, but Jung Hyuk reluctant, he reluctantly helps Seri. But even in the first few scenes, he cooks her a meal from scratch and he ends up buying her shampoo and body wash despite that those actual products are essentially like contraband in North Korea. And he has to like secretly buying, buy it from like a black market um, seller. Um, and then you have Sari who shows how she is actually quite the modern woman from Seoul. And she doesn't shy away from, you know, saying off the bat that Jung Hyuk is her type. Um, so they're very, the drama is very self-aware of the chemistry that both actors have with each other. And, uh, you know, it doesn't beat around the bush and, you know, treats us viewers as idiots like we know we all know if you're a korean drama viewer yanbin is good good looking son yanbin is beautiful so they don't beat around the bush and they you know sari actually says you know you're you're my type like your face is like what i like in a man so <laughs> they they don't treat us as somebody who doesn't know what's going on like they they know that this is what we see in the drama and they're going to acknowledge it. So that's what's pretty fun about the chemistry in this series so far. Um, a little bit about the second leads or the secondary leads. Um, Kim Jong-hyun, uh, who was in Welcome to Waikiki. He plays Gu Sung-jun and Seo Ji-hae, who I know her from an old, old, like... Uh, 
kind of like comedic series called Legend of Young Dun. Uh, she was also recently in Black Knight. She plays Seo Dun. Um, not really much on their characters yet in the first few episodes, but you they kind of have a few scenes with. They have a few scenes where they hint about how the backgrounds of their characters actually already poses a threat, a threat to um the male le- uh the main leads, um. So I mean I don't know how much damage really the secondary leads are gonna make, but there might be a lot, and there's a lot of struggles, and there's a lot of humps that our main leads would have to go through, and obstacles they have would have to go through. So um. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Um, also hoping that they'll actually deliver that, like you know, if they're meant to disrupt like the chemistry of the male leads, I hope they really bring it on full force because I wanna, I I wanna feel the anger towards the secondary leads and just be like, stay away from my OTP. So I I really want them both of the uh, secondary lead actors to like bring their A game into into this um uh, drama. Um, I also want to mention uh, Oh Man Sok, uh, who plays Jo Chul Kang. Um, uh, Oh Man Sok is actually more um well known as a musical actor. He is in he was in Hedwig and the Angry Inch, the Rocky uh horror show in Korea. Um, but he is oh my god, such a great actor. Uh, I feel like. They couldn't have picked a more better actor to play the villain in this drama, just because he is so good. Like he is, his acting is just up there, and he plays a corrupt official that's just seemingly has, is seemingly bent on destroying Jun Hyuk's family. I don't know; they haven't really explored much of it, but he's quite corrupt. He's quite evil, and he seems to have this vendetta against um, not. Necessarily Jun Hyuk, but I think his father. Um, and for sure, I know that he has something to do with Jun Hyuk's brother's like mysterious car, mysterious car crash. Um, and he, there's just a lot of things going on with this character, the villain character. That I'm just like, what's going on? Like he's really, like he's not really that like typical mustache twirling villain, but you. You can see that we can expect a lot from him because it's actually also a character that's quite intriguing as it is the uh, uh, as how it's written by the writers. So, um, looking forward to that. There are definitely. Lastly, I want to talk about solid performances from supporting characters. Um, you see Jung Hyuk's subordinates, his squadron buddies. Um, they're just an amazing bunch of younger actors. Um, they are just so cute. They're um. I I remember reading a review online of the of Crash Landing on You that they're just cute little ducklings following um Jung Hyuk who's like the mother the mother duck the mother hen and it's just they are quite adorable and their camaraderie comrade <laughs> how they all call each other in North Korea I guess but their camaraderie is is and their brotherhood is just such a delight to watch in this drama, um. We have K drama staples such as Nam Kyung Yup, who you might have seen. He was the uh chairman character with the tiger painting, 
or uh, yeah, the Tiger Painting in Hotel de Luna, uh, which is a Korean drama series that I talked about um, in my first uh, podcast episode. Um, he he plays Seri's Chebo father. There's also Jung Eri who was in the Secret Life of My Secretary. He play, she in that series she played um, Min Ik's mom. Um, she plays Jung Hyuk's mo- mo- uh, mom, mother in this. There's also Kim Soon Young, who is, she was in so much dramas this year. She was in Romance is a, Romance is a Bonus Book. She was on Her Private Life, When the Camellia Bloomed. She was in Vagabond. Uh, solid, solid uh, K-drama um, actress. Uh, there's also, what's her name? Kim Joo Hyun. There's another like actress who was previously in Touch Your Heart, The Secret Life of My Secretary. Um, they play like the the town Ajumas, and they just add such a beautiful um, like flavor to the series. So, in general, oh my gosh, guys, like such a great drama to watch. If you want to check it out, check it out on Netflix. It's currently on the fourth episode as I'm recording this. So yeah, stay tuned. I'm going to talk about a couple more uh, Korean dramas after the break. Hey, so we're back. We're going to talk about a couple of other Korean dramas. I also had started watching Chocolate on Netflix. It's also, I think, one of their Netflix original series offerings in terms of Korean dramas. This is a drama starring Yoon Kaesong and Ha Ji-won. Um, as I was like thinking about which Korean drama I want to talk about this week, um, I definitely was thinking if I wanted to talk about Chocolate because Chocolate is also a romantic drama, um, and it's also similarly um, a Korean drama that is helmed by veteran K-drama actors, so um, I was also looking forward to that like aspect of it. It's a little bit similar in that case with uh, Crash Landing on You. Um, but the difference is chocolate is a bit it's not really a rom-com it's more a melodrama in a sense that it is more dramatic like mellow like more dramatic than it is more true to life uh than crash landing on you um I might end up talking about it also in a future podcast episode. So the whole premise of um, Chocolate is a story of a man who becomes a neurosurgeon. Although he had, as a child, he dreamt of becoming a chef. And a woman uh, who becomes a chef because of him. Um, as with any... Um, good Korean drama they have a connection they have during childhood and they had met as children and there is just a lot of tragedy that happens in between um, in their lives and they end up um, at this hospice facility um, and their love kind of rekindles and reblooms at that 
kind of at that strange setting where there's so much death and um, sadness um, in terms of patience. So, um, like I said, there is some light parts of the um, this series. Like it's not it's not like a straight tearjerker type of drama, but it's definitely more towards a romantic melodrama. Um, it's starring Yoon Kae Sung as Lee Kang. Um, I've <laughs> honestly though confession, this is probably the first uh Korean drama that I actually watch uh Yoon Kae Sung as a lead. Um, I know him though because as an old time K pop fan as well, he uh was a member of one of JYP Entertainment's older groups, um, God. Or God. G-O-D? God? G-O-D, I think is how they, they call their group. But um, he used to be... He's one of the very first uh, K-pop idols who actually went on to have a very successful acting career later on. So uh, he was like the OG like K-pop idol that beca- became an actor, ended up in um, lead roles, and now is actually an actor by trade. Um... I like I said I haven't really watched um any of his dramas. Um I don't know why. <laughs> it just happened that way. Um but he's he's v- a very good actor. He is uh starring opposite Ha Ji-won who plays Moon Cheong. Ha Ji-won is like I loved her in Damo. She was like amazing there. She was also in Secret Garden with Hyunbin. Um, she was in Empress Key with Ji Chang-wook, I believe. Yeah, which I still haven't found a really good place to watch it streaming online. So I really still need help on that part. Um, leave me a message on Twitter at Peach Neon Pink if you know where to watch Empress Key with subtitles. Because I really want to watch Ji Chang-wook in all his Sega gloriousness. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, um... Chocolate is definitely one of those dramas that are just a little bit too sad, a little bit too depressing. Um, the main reason why I kind of hesitated talking about it, even though I'm actually enjoying the drama so far. Um, I think I'm episode 5 or episode 6 right now. It's just that it's one of those dramas that I can't really binge watch and just watch continuously. Because it just... It it leaves a very heavy feeling on one's heart. Um, the main reasons why I actually love watching rom-coms, it's because um, I'm a hopeless romantic as it is. But also, um, Korean dramas for me, um, despite all seriousness of the stuff that I talk about in this podcast episodes, is that um, K-dramas have always been a form of es- escaping for me. Um form of it it's always been a form of escapism so um and normally i really already have like a lot of anxiety and depression um that i struggled through in my real life so key dramas are a way that i kind of like cope and deal with that and just kind of like um deal like a self-care thing that i do for myself so when i do like 
or when I do end up liking a melodrama, I can't really bring myself to watch episodes more than a couple of episodes at a time because it just really hits me too much emotionally and it takes me a while to recover from that. And chocolate is one of those. Like, I love the story. I love the beautiful scenery of Greece, uh, the food that Hajiwan makes, all the, the, um, they just look like so, so amazingly good even though i can't really taste them and they're on the screen you can yeah um yun kei sung is like yun kei sung is amazing as an actor like there's just so many good things about chocolate but it's just such and in the end of the day as it's quite a melodrama and it's heavy on the heart so um i might end up talking about it in a future podcast episode if i end up finishing it but uh, i mean i recommend it but if you're the kind of person like me who um, really gets emotional about Korean dramas, then it's it's quite a heavy drama to uh, to watch. So um, that's that for for <laughs> chocolate. Um, I also wanted to talk about uh, upcoming drama called Itaewon Class. It's starring Park Seo Joon, who is one of my favorite favorite. K drama actors. He was in the Juggernaut hit uh, this year. That was What's Wrong with Secretary Kim. He was also in Fight My Way, uh, and he is with newcomer actress Kim Dami. Um, this is actually set to premiere in the end of January next year, so January two thousand twenty. Oh my gosh, guys! Can you <laughs> can you believe it? It's like actually the end of the decade already, and it's twenty twenty in a couple like a few days like it's it's insane right um and even more insane for me because it made me realize that i've actually been a korean drama watcher for like close to two decades like a good chunk of my life like a a, pretty much a good chunk of my 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 20s and now my 30s so (laughs) it is mind-blowing oh my god um Anyways, uh, 81 Class is based on a webtoon of the same name. It is a new drama about young people brought together by their stubbornness, their passion, and youthful bravado. Within the narrow streets of Itaewon. Um, Itaewon is actually known for a very huge foreigner, like, uh, community neighborhood. Um, Anyways, Itaewon, they begin their own fledgling revolt against an unreasonable society as they chase after their dreams and freedom to live according to their own unique perspectives. Park Seo-Joon will be starring in the drama as Park Seo-Roy, a passionate entrepreneur who is uncompromising in the face of injustice as he goes up against the food industry conglomerate, Janga. Kim Dami will play Joe Iseo. A highly intelligent sociopath with the face of an angel, but a completely different personality. Finally, Kwanara will be playing Osua, a honest and confident woman who was Park Sarah's first love and now an employee of the rival company. Um, I feel like Ito I don't know. Um, there's not much that I know about Ito One class aside from what I've read online, but I feel like it's one of those like 
slice of life type of dramas which hey it's good it's good it's all good uh but i'm so excited because this is park seo jones come back in 2k drama land um uh, ever since what's wrong with secretary kim which he was fantastic in it's one of those korean dramas that you know i i would love to talk about because it's such a great korean drama um and he is a really good uh actor and he does really well in lead roles um and I am thoroughly excited. I think the last time I actually saw him was when he did his cameo in the movie Parasite, which I talked about in a previous um, podcast episode. So, hey, Park Seo-jun, welcome back to K-Drama Land. I'm so excited for your drama series in a few weeks. Um, so it's definitely one of those Korean dramas to watch out for. Now we're at the K-pop section of this podcast. Peach Nia and Pink Rambling is the podcast where we talk about everything Korean entertainment, including Korean dramas, K-movies, K-variety shows, and K-pop and Korean beauty products. Anyways, this is the K-pop section of the podcast that you have reached. I am going to talk about duets like I mentioned in the intro. It's going to be a, a duet special. <laughs> I think the last time I talked about like sad breakup songs and that was like a whole theme of it. Um, I don't know why, but they, this week it's all about duets. So we're going to end up talking about that. 
Um, if you um, are on Anchor or Spotify, you would probably hear a little bit of a snippet of the this song um, in the beginning of this section. If not, you're going to hear a generic like copyright-free music that is also very enjoyable. Uh, but this song is called Soulmate. It is a duet between Zico and IU. So... Um, Woojiho is actually better known by his stage name, Zico, is a South Korean rapper, record producer, singer-songwriter, and leader of a uh, known idol, well, sort of idol, boy, boy group, Block B. Um, this song is part of my playlist that I play when I am drinking coffee, trying to chill. It's pretty much, I feel like, this the playlist that would play in a really chic nice coffee shop somewhere in seoul so um the song soulmate is is quite sweet tone duet between zico and iu it has a little bit of a jazz and lo-fi undertones i really honestly love um the slow raps by zico um i've I'm not too familiar with Block B, but the songs that I know from them, um, he does do a lot of very strong like raps, but here it's much more laid back, much more slower. So I really appreciate that from his end of the duet. And then you hear IU's just crystal clear vocals um, that blend, it so, blend in so well into this like very fun engaging song it's actually quite a lovely song to listen to and um just the way the beats are being made it it kind of has this underlying feeling of like a very cute um engaging love song so um that's what i love about this this song it's very lo-fi uh chill song um iu actually is more well-known as a singer a solo singer in korea i know she is i talked about her in one of the very first podcast episodes because she was the lead actress in hotel de luna with yeo jingu and um she's equally known as uh, an amazing actress nowadays but i was first introduced to her as a solo singer in korea and her her vocals are always on point and always beautiful and the, on this duet with Zico it just showcased how much of a control she has on uh, her vocal quality and the strength of um, her vocals because the um, the song itself is has a little bit of has that fanciful like cutesy quality to it and I use just like voice adds to that so beautifully so um it's definitely a song that I love to hear when I'm just trying to relax and have a chill day. Um, so definitely check out Soulmate, um, a duet from Zico of Block B and IU. Um, yeah. And then I'm going to talk about another song. This is a song called Galaxy by Bulbogan 4. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it, Bulbogan 4. Um, Bulbogan 4 is a South Korean duo consisting of uh, two ladies, An Ji Young and Woo Ji Yoon. Uh, they were formed by Shofar Music in 2016. They 
um, were Showcase and Superstar K, which is pretty much like an American Idol type of reality competition show for singers in Korea. Um, they're quite well known for their folksy rock um, indie pop music. Uh, I love, love this song because it's just such a fun listen um, at any given time. It's also like similar to Soulmate. It's quite chill, a little bit cutesy. It's soft yet soulful uh, sounds from both vocalists. Um, there is an interplaying um, of it as such a like a chill um, purposeful beat throughout the song um, but there is a contrast with the rougher rap lines throughout each section of the song with the soft cutesy vibe um, and I believe this is also like sort of a love song I think it talks about like having like a crush on somebody and like that cutesy fluttering feeling um, and then that person becomes your whole galaxy um, I think that's what the song means, or at least that's the vibe that I get from it. Um, but it's such a good song to listen to over coffee. And like I said, same thing with Soulmate. Um, Galaxy by Bobogun 4 is one of those songs that I feel like you'll hear or is part of the playlist at like a really chic, like nice coffee house or coffee place um, somewhere in Seoul. So, uh, and Seoul has like a very like amazing... Um, coffee house like vibe to uh coffee houses and coffee cafes everywhere so um and they're always always just like the aesthetics are always on point and beautiful so uh i feel like it's these songs are those like songs that would be on their playlist um if you are again i'm just gonna mention it if you are on anchor or spotify you're gonna hear a, a short snippet of bulbogan force galaxy after this section um if not you're gonna hear another great um non-copyrighted song <laughs> that is quite enjoyable uh, i'm gonna try to kind of like look for more like lo-fi like non-copyrighted songs to put to as well so it's kind of the similar vibe as galaxy and soulmate uh but that's what you're gonna hear after this section um, definitely check out uh, Bobogan Force Galaxy and Zico featuring IU in a duet in the song called Soulmate. Um, definitely available on every music streaming site that you can think of. It's definitely on Spotify. That's where I listen to them too. Um, also on like pretty much everywhere, guys. You can you can Google it and you'll find it. Um, but these are duets that i just enjoy listening to just because there's uh it's it's very relaxing to listen to and are the songs that i feel like goes really well in um like just a nice aesthetic setting so um that's just like the feeling of the music i have this week uh hopefully you guys enjoy that short little snippet review on these couple of songs um yeah pretty much it was a departure from my the sad breakup songs from the last pod full podcast episode but hopefully this is a little bit of a cheer up for you guys if you end up checking out these songs like i said you're gonna hear a snippet of bobogan force galaxy after uh the break and uh we'll be back and talking about uh something in k-beauty section
Hey, so we're back, and this is the Korean beauty section of this podcast, Peach Knee and Pink Ramblings. And surprise, surprise, I'm actually not gonna talk about an Innisfree product or a lip product, a lipstick. I'm actually gonna talk about a toner. <laughs> I know I talk about lipsticks, like matte lipsticks, so much in this podcast, as well as Innisfree products. I just love Innisfree, I guess. Um, and Nature Republic. Anyways, this is a uh, toner product, actually. It's from a company called It's Skin. Uh, the actual product name is Tiger Sika Calming Water. And this is a gentle cleanser. It maintains a healthy complexion with Tiger Sika Calming uh, Cleanser. That's what it's talked about. Uh, called it contains a blend of skin calming ingredients including 55 percent centella asiatica um this low this low acid uh this low acidic formula lathers to a mild foam to remove impurities and smooth ir- smooths irritations and create a natural protective film um I don't know if you guys got it from the last podcast episode, but I've actually been in search and I've been trying out a few toners. Um, I've used Sun and Parks Beauty Water. I've tried uh, Mamon's as well. Um, a lot of Nature Republic and its free toners. I've tried Dr. Jart recently. And I've kind of been in a vibe of doing like... Um, more like cleansing waters or micellar water type of um, toners that are more um, less heavy so um, this is quite similar to sun and parks beauty water in terms of it is a calming water but the main difference is that it has centella asiatica which is uh, a substance a uh, ingredient that i actually really love i love Centella Asiatica on everything. Um, I really love when it's in CosRx's products. I use the Centella Balm uh, for my acne. And I get a lot of acne because I have oily face. Uh, and this one is their... Dr. Jart also does like a Centella one. Um, and it's also called Tiger's, Tiger Centella. Something like that. Um, but in... It's always like Sika, Centella, Tiger, something. They always call it like that. But this one, they call it the Tiger Sika Calming Water. Um, and it it's a little bit, a little tiny bit acidic. Uh, acidic? Why can't I pronounce that word today? <laughs> it's, it's a little tiny bit acidic. Um, so it stings a little bit and it has a sort of lemony citrusy smell when you put it on i've i've used it in the past week week and a half ish um since i got it and it comes in this cute little like mint green bottle um that you can just pour onto like a cotton pad and something and it smells good it's not too overpoweringly 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 citrusy (sighs) I just can't talk today. Maybe because it's Christmas and 
whatever <laughs> but um so far so good um i wouldn't say it has done so well in terms of calming down my acne but it's definitely uh reduced a lot of redness on my face when i've used it as a toner um i'm not too sure if i'm using it right because i use it like twice a day uh i wouldn't think that it's a good toner to use for that seven toners um thing that koreans do in korean beauty that they put they do seven layers of toners um i don't think it's good for that because it then your face would just be too acidic and it's not ph balanced um but in terms of of it's it's definitely just like water it's just very watery and like uh thin consistency it's not thick at all which toners and common water should be like it shouldn't be like a cream or a serum which is a little bit more oily it should have that it should leave that fresh feeling on your face um i don't know about that protective film it does leave a little bit of like a slight film feeling to it um i don't know if that's supposed to keep like the moisture in after you finish toning but that doesn't make sense because you're supposed to put moisturizer after the couple steps down in the 10 step korean beauty cleansing routine um but it's definitely a good cleanser to use after double cleansing with an oil-based cleanser and a water-based cleanser um and i think if you're really like lazy like me on some days you can actually pass uh using this as a cleanser like a one-step cleanser if you're not using it on makeup um kind of like sun and parks beauty water that's why i keep comparing it to that because uh similarly sun and parks beauty water you can use it as a one-step cleanser or a makeup remover so um because this has low uh acid formula it actually um it actually does really really well um in in doing that um creates a little bit of slight very little little tiny like little foam but then when you after you've dabbed it on your face and it evaporates it's pretty much gone um i would say i recommend it in terms of so far of uh, how effective it is on my face um if you're looking for a calming water micellar water cleanser um beauty water type of product this is definitely something to try um so yeah that's it i'm looking forward to actually trying more from this brand because it's not a k-beauty brand that i've actually tried a lot from i've tried a lot obviously from innisfree nature republic dr jart um misha etted house uh what else have i tried um vanilla co like i've tried a lot of products from that um but i haven't um really specifically tried it from this brand it's skin so i'm gonna really look um look into their product line a little bit more and kind of try to try more stuff from them um so yeah that's pretty much it for the k-beauty section i'm only gonna really talk about one thing because i've only been trying out this one thing the past couple weeks i've just been using the rest of my my staple products that i use on my face um i might be back for more like lipstick talk because i love talking about that in podcasts as you guys know um but yeah
Hey, you have reached the end of the podcast, podcast episode 12. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Merry, 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 merry Christmas to everybody listening to this podcast around the world, across the globe. I hope you are having a wonderful holiday season as I am trying to and trying to be very festive and cheerful, like I said. Um, you guys are definitely helping with that. Um, I am so happy to have been ending this year with something that I have come to enjoy to do, which is this podcast. And since I don't have many people I can talk about Korean dramas and my passion for Korean dramas, K-pop and K-beauty, everything Korean entertainment um, in my real life, I'm so glad I have this podcast as an outlet to do that. Um, so again, thank you so much for tuning in. Definitely let me know what you think and you want me to talk about um, at our anchor page. It is at anchor.fm forward slash peach neon pink. Neon has two ends forward slash message. So you can definitely go through that route and to contact me, leave me a message. I would love to hear you. And um, you guys can actually leave a voice message there. So that's really fun. Um, or the more traditional route, you can definitely tweet me uh, at Peach Neon Pink. Like I said, Neon has two ends. Uh, and tweet me there. Let me know what you think about this podcast episode. Retweet it. Share to your friends. Um, we're on Anchor FM. We're on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. So definitely rate and subscribe to us there. I would. Oh my gosh just be so appreciative of that um i also have a website at www.peachneonpink neon again has two ends uh com, which you can see uh, my one minute vlogs um and more recently podcast highlights on youtube uh, you can listen to highlights of previous podcast episodes in the youtube format if you want to go that route uh, you can definitely do it there and there's links on my website uh, also links on our Twitter page. Uh, but yeah, um, hopefully you guys have a very good Christmas. If I don't end up putting out an episode next week before New Year's, if it gets too crazy and busy in my life, I will see you guys in the new year when we ring in 2020. And then until then, enjoy your Korean dramas, your K-movies, Korean variety shows, K-pop, listen to some good christmas songs christmas k-pop songs that would be amazing right uh and of course korean beauty stay amazing guys uh like i said if i don't put out an episode we'll ring in 2020 together uh when that time comes and yeah thank you again for listening to this podcast <laughs>